Welcome to Theory of Knowledge, a course designed to help you think more critically about the world in which we live. By doing so, it's hoped that you'll be better able to distinguish between claims that are valid and those that are false or misleading. This is perhaps the most valuable tool one can have in this age of information overload and disinformation. Common Sense and Its Limitations Our starting point in theory of knowledge is our default view of the world, the viewpoint of common sense. Now certainly in everyday activities it would be unwise to abandon common sense, a view of the world which is built upon cumulative experience. However, at times common sense can be a hindrance to knowing. Why? First, as Einstein observed, common sense is actually nothing more than a depository of prejudices laid down in the mind prior to the age of 18. It is, for each of us, our arbitrary and individualistic ways of looking at the world. There's really nothing common about common sense. Secondly, these prejudices, left unexamined, hinder our ability to understand the world. As an example, take the desk that you sit at in class. Common sense tells you it is a solid white structure. Yet science accurately describes it as a series of colorless and odorless collection of rapidly vibrating atoms. While you would be well served by common sense when it comes to using your desk daily, the common sense explanation often obscures more comprehensive explanations. In TOK, then, we want to penetrate the veil of common sense to understand how we know about our experiences in more depth. The map is not the territory. If we cannot rely upon common sense to provide an in-depth understanding of the world, upon what then should we rely? To answer that question, we're going to use the analogy of map-making. Think of a map as an attempt at a two-dimensional representation of a three-dimensional world. Such a map cannot perfectly represent the three-dimensional world for a number of reasons. First of all, its scale is much smaller in order to be useful and must compress the information and so some complexity details are lost. Secondly, in order to flatten out the map to place it on a flat surface, there'll be distortions. Take, for example, the Mercator map we're all familiar with. Coastlines are smoothed out as the scale is reduced, and smaller bays and inlets would not appear on the map. Secondly, in order to get the shapes correct, it must distort the size. So relatively small Greenland, it appears to be almost as large as Africa. This latter feature is referred to as the cartographer's paradox. If you want the shapes to be accurate, then the sizes must be distorted. And if the sizes are correct, then the shapes must be distorted. These are the consequences of trying to map a 3D sphere onto a 2D surface. An interesting issue arises here. Why does the Mercator map prioritize the shape of the continent over the continent's size? The answer lies in the purpose for which the map was constructed. The Mercator map displays longitude and latitude lines at regular intervals necessary for navigation, and to do this, the sizes were stretched. Now, how does this analogy of map making and the cartographer's paradox explain knowledge? Whenever we try to capture experience, we are in essence imposing a 2D map on a 3D world. The knowledge represented is a scaled-down version of the larger reality focused on the ideas that the map was intended to investigate. And, like the continents, certain aspects of knowledge are highlighted while others are distorted or ignored. As an example, an investigation of humans biologically tells us features and processes that we all have in common, 
but tells us nothing about what is unique about each of these essentially biologically identical beings. That would require another map based on a different purpose. So, like the map, systems of knowledge are partial representations of a more complex reality. The knowledge they produce is based on decisions as to what and how to map, and that is based on the purpose or function of the knowledge system. And, finally, just as assumptions go into making a map, such as we will focus on continent shape and ignore size, knowledge systems are based on a set of assumptions as well. The biologist, for example, is not focusing on individual differences, but is intent on mapping identical biological structures and processes in humans. In short, every knowledge system is a partial mapping of a more complex world which it reduces. The information it produces is shaped by the decisions, assumptions, it makes about the world. Biologists map similarities, psychologists often map differences in both the map is not the territory. The problem of knowledge. If we do not gain direct knowledge of the world just by examining it, as common sense holds, and further, if every map we impose upon the world in order to gain knowledge is a partial and incomplete 2D manifestation of that 3D world, then the question becomes, how can we be certain of that knowledge? This is the problem of knowledge, and it's central to TOK. The first step in examining the problem of knowledge is to pinpoint its true nature. To do that, we must distinguish between belief and knowledge. To believe something is to assert that it may be true, while knowing something is implicitly a claim that it is true. How do we move from belief to knowledge about a topic? Two key criteria are evidence and coherence. We must have evidence that we can cite, and that evidence must cohere or mesh with what we know about the world without gaps or contradictions. What degree of knowledge does the use of evidence and coherence produce? It certainly doesn't produce absolute certainty, for as we learned previously, every attempt at knowledge, every attempt at mapping the world, yields a partial perspective on a vastly more complex world. What we aim for in TOK and in life is reasonable knowledge, which amounts to our best but provisional understanding of a topic based on evidence and coherence. And in many cases, reasonable knowledge may be contained in more than one viewpoint. Is there a standard for reasonable knowledge, such that we can tell when we've reached the threshold where we can legitimately claim to know something? Fortunately, the answer is yes, and in theory of knowledge, that threshold is termed justified true belief. The criteria for a justified true belief claim is the person accepts a claim to be true, the claim is in fact true, that the person is justified in accepting the claim because they verified it independently, that the person accepts the claim because they wish to know the truth and avoid error, that the person's acceptance of this fact does not depend on any factor that is false. So, our goal in each of the areas of knowledge that we will study is to find knowledge that is reasonable, that is, knowledge that justifies our best understanding of the evidence to date. Our search, then, in all the areas of knowledge is for justified true belief. Systems of Knowledge As we have seen, every discipline represents an attempt to map out the world based on its assumptions of how the world operates. And these differ by disciplines. The natural sciences look for causal connections and examine the fundamental features of the universe that operate in this orderly fashion. 
The arts, on the other hand, place their primary focus on human expression, something that is anything but orderly and causal, but nonetheless is a key feature of all human experience. All of these knowledge systems have their origin in the granddaddy of them all, the knowledge system advocated by Plato in his Allegory of the Cave. Time does not permit an in-depth examination of this system, and for that I would recommend Hank Green's Crash Course Philosophy, episode number four. However, our purpose here is simply to extract the lessons gained from this bedrock knowledge system. Plato teaches us that our view of reality is often superficial, confused, and based on a less-than-in-depth understanding of the world. He observes that knowledge is not simply what appears to our common sense, but is a sophisticated mixture of perception, ideas, and the dynamic interchange between the two. His aim, as is the aim of TOK, is to force us to understand how we gain access to the world through our perceptions, reasoning, memory, language, and emotions. In short, through our ways of knowing about the world. This is the subject we will take up in our next podcast. Thank you for listening.